That's my... Hey, this is Sharks Across Hollywood, except, no it's not. This is the very first episode of... Sharks Across Tokyo. Dun-dun-dun, something Godzilla music playing. I was going to say, you should, you should like, insert the Godzilla <laughs> roar right there. Footsteps. We, uh, that's what I did last week, but I haven't done it yet. Because, remember, we did our little, our little skit. Yeah. With the... With the holy shit, Godzilla. Oh, it wasn't a skit. It really happened. Godzilla stepped yeah, no, almost he real. stepped right over my house. Yep. That's right. It was wild. And he, he took a he took a shit on my roof and I climbed up there and it was a Godzilla DVD. <laughs> Which one? Godzilla versus King Kong? And then he winked at me and I'm like, Oh, I get it. I know what I have to do. Okay, Godzilla versus King Kong is a good movie, all right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's an enjoyable no, movie. No, uh, and and you're getting them wrong. Godzilla versus Kong is the is the most recent one. King Kong versus Godzilla is oh, the original me. one. King Kong versus Godzilla. I, you're right. I apologize. Because uh, I, I keep getting that confused, too. Because what the fuck? And I'm pretty sure King Kong was supposed to be fighting Frankenstein, but that's a that's a what? fucking that is a topic for a different different time. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, yes, the inaugural episode of Sharks Across Tokyo. We're going to be talking about the OG 1954 Gojira. I'm going to refer to him as Godzilla because Gojira is really hard to say for some weird reason. And the subtitles do have him as Godzilla. Yes. You know what I didn't do? So I'm really unprepared, even though I didn't work all week. I spent a lot of time watching a bunch of movies that had nothing to do with this. I did not watch Godzilla King of the Monsters, not the King of the Monsters that came out in like 2016 or whatever, but the one that came out in 1950, probably five or whatever, is shortly the, is after this one. Is that the sequel one. to this one? <laughs> no, no. Godzilla King of the Monsters is the is the re-edited version with whoever the fuck the uh, the white guy. Oh, the uh, Raymond Burr. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that one is fucking ridiculous. But it's like ten minutes shorter, I think. Yeah, I'm glad it's shorter too because it's fucking pointless. Like, why watching King of the Monsters? Oh God, I, that was the one I watched first because I was like, okay, I want it, and I didn't watch it this week, but like the when I first got my DVD set like ten years ago, that was the one I watched first because I thought, well, if I were a kid in the 1950s in America, this is the one I would have seen, you know. So like, I want to see what they saw, and then I want to go back and watch the original. So I watched that one. And like 15 minutes in, it became woefully apparent that Raymond Burr was literally only there to be white. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we're well, OK, the the fucked up thing. So so this whole movie, the original one, the 1954 it, uh, King of the Monsters came out in 1956, by the way. Right. So it was like two years later. Well, they had to shoot all that extra footage of Raymond Burr being <laughs> well, white. So so he worked for three days. And they fucking... <laughs> this whole thing is like a response to. Not not, not the bombs technically that were dropped on like Nagasaki and Hiroshima, but whatever the H-bomb testing was about. Yeah. Hydrogen bombs. So we had an atom bomb and we had hydrogen bombs. Holy shit. We really need to stop making weapons. We can put that money, those money and that money and those resources to much better use, I think. Yeah. Um, th this this was really interesting as you as I'm watching it, because they're exploring a lot of stuff. They're not only exploring the continued you know the continued testing of atomic weapons but they're also exploring the morality of what went into the use of the atomic bombs in world war ii you know like i think they're trying to look at the perspective of the west and say well what led them to believe that that was justified and and they're like they're trying to empathize with that while also saying you know like that regardless of whether it was justified in that situation. The continued testing is not justified, and it's it and and it's a really interesting because there's there's a lot going on beneath the surface with this movie. So how well? I, here here's a big question for you. How well do you think this movie like actually holds up? I think it this holds many up, years later. Well, I mean, it's it's is very obviously a product of its time. So you have to go into it with that perspective. If you don't, it's probably really boring. 
because you know it's a lot it's a lot of people just standing around talking about what's going on rather than showing what's going on at the same time as an achievement of its day it's remarkable you know the sets are extremely intricate and and really really well done for what it is the godzilla costume it it looks a little derpy when it's like straight on into the camera <laughs> whenever he's facing the camera his eyes are like a little crossed and it it's a little off but whenever they're doing a side view it looks pretty good you know um it's obviously a rubber suit you know uh. so it's it's aged pretty hard in that respect but if you think about what was going on at the time in terms of special effects this is an amazing movie for its day like it really is i may have said this before about it but i'll you know i'll reiterate it this is a horror movie like this this movie is is made to be a horror movie. This is not a cheese <laughs> yeah. fest. This, this is movie a very dark movie. Yeah, this movie is not fun. You hear Godzilla, and you're thinking, oh, that it's just gonna be a bunch of people running around. Oh God, fucking and while Godzilla fucks shit up. No, there is that in here. Yeah, not but, a lot of that actually. Well, this, I mean, there, the 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 scene of Godzilla destroying Tokyo is great. But it's very dark. It's not played for last. It's not played light. It's played dark. And it's shot dark. And I think that adds to the effects. You know, I mean, the, the darkness makes the effects look better. But it's fucking scary. Like, I tried to put myself in the shoes of, like, a small child. You know, like, figure like an eight, an eight-year-old kid in 1954 going into a cinema because this looks really interesting and watching this movie. And it would be fucking terrifying. You know, especially like, you know, especially nine years removed from your whole fucking world getting exactly. blown up. Maybe they didn't live through it. You know, like maybe these are the kids that were that were born after the dropping of the atomic bombs. But but growing up in the shadow of that, you know, like that would be that would be some shocking shit. And and on top of it, you know, compared to the cinema of its day, compared to the horror of its day, compared to the, you know, the sci fi of its day, this was this was dark. Well, yeah. What was even going on in Japan at that point? As far as like horror and sci-fi. No uh, Kurosawa yeah, was doing Kurosawa his thing. Was doing... No, no sci-fi there. Speaking of which, the um, the doctor in in this movie, the older doctor, is played by the the lead from uh, Seven Samurai. I can't remember the actor's name, but he is the he's the the head guy in Seven Samurai. Yeah, like the he's he's the the Yul Brenner role. So I haven't seen the original Magnificent Seven. But you've seen Seven Samurai, right? No, not yet. Oh, you owe it to yourself. I, j I just bought it. I know it's I know it's intimidating going into it's a so three-hour movie, but you do not feel it. Like, oh, okay. You really don't. I see his picture. Uh, Takashi Shimura. Takashi Shimura. There you go. Kambe Shimada. That's his character in the... In Seven Samurai? In Seven Samurai, in yep. oh, okay. Well, he died in 1982. He was born in 1905. Damn, he... He made he had a good run. He made it a ways. Holy shit. He had a good run and he made some great movies. All right. He's well, in, he's in he's in uh, he's in a lot of stuff like he, he's a guy who you see pop up time and time again in uh, in Japanese cinema of his era. Yeah, I just looked and it's like just a row of Kurosawa movies that he was. in. <laughs> yeah, that's he, awesome. He's in he's in what are in all the ones, all the Kurosawa ones that are regarded as Kurosawa's best. He's in them somewhere. He might not be the lead to, you know, Toshiro Mifune took the lead in a lot of those movies, but he's in them for sure. So when you think kaiju or giant monsters, you your mind immediately goes to Godzilla, but he definitely wasn't the first one. He might have been the first one in Japan, but over here in America, we already had King Kong. We already we had, had the Lost World. We'd had we, Kong for two decades. Yeah, by the time this we had, we had, and, you know, the beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Mm -hmm. We had the Lost World. We had all sorts of shit. I, I think it's just that, you know, Godzilla at the time he was he was the biggest, you know, like they made him the biggest because they were dealing with this this huge issue of atomic weaponry. He's 160 feet tall, unless you're doing the King of the Monsters version where he's 400 fucking feet tall. <laughs> so so that that brings up the question of how did Godzilla fight King Kong? Because King Kong's only 30 feet tall. I had that question when I was watching or rather when I was sitting down to watch. Godzilla versus King Kong. Um, it's just Godzilla versus Kong. Get your shit oh, together. Kong, excuse me. You're right. Godzilla <laughs> versus Kong. When I when I was sitting down to watch that, I had that thought because he was only about like 30 or maybe 40 feet in 
Skull Island. In Skull Island, he was a baby, right? So, but that, so, yeah, I yeah. didn't realize that that like they basically explained. No, so that like, part, point, that makes sense. Yeah. In in God, King Kong versus Godzilla, he just kind of they're like, oh, Godzilla's here. Fuck, we need another monster to fight him and kick his ass. <laughs> and they're like, well, the Americans have this monkey. I really haven't seen that movie since I was a little kid, so I don't really know exactly. It's been a while since I watched it, too. And I, I got to say, the story was not compelling. What What was really interesting about that movie was those horribly ridiculous Ray Harryhausen rolling over in his grave <laughs> fight scene. Oh, there's no stop motion in that shit. It's all guys in costumes. I'm pretty sure there's some stop motion. There might be a little, but it, it's it's guys in costumes. Yeah, but the stop motion stuff is like is bad well because it's really bad it, okay so it, lo- it looks like it lo- it looks like what the guys who went on to make star wars were doing in their basements when they were nine <laughs> so it's funny because the guy who directed this movie is shiro honda right mm-hmm. uh he came back decades later to direct terror of mechagodzilla because he came out of retirement to make that movie because apparently he was getting a little fucking sick of how shitty the godzilla movies have gotten and how like <laughs> kid-centric they were so apparently terror of mechagodzilla is dark again really? it's still cheesy and sci-fi but uh-huh. apparently it's a little bit more in this direction okay all right now i'm like fuck now i just want to go through all of them and watch them all yeah i've too. seen godzilla raids again aside from this i've still only seen son of godzilla and king kong versus godzilla <laughs> son of godzilla i've literally only seen those two that's when it really really went oh wow all the way yeah, down that one was like but it's fun if that one so. didn't inspire the guy to come back out of retirement <laughs> and try and save the franchise he I had apparently know. been retired for four years from making movies <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like all right let me fucking do this again okay i saw a name in the credits i believe he was an executive producer or something like that but i've heard you say this name before and i was trying to think where you've said it. Subaraya. Subaraya. Ultraman. Okay, Ultraman. There we go. Yeah, that's the guy. So that motherfucker worked on the biggest shit in kaiju history. He literally he pioneered fucking Tokusatsu. Okay. This yeah. dude. Yeah, between Ultraman and Godzilla, that's Yeah, that's know. not nothing. Like no. that's almost everything. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you have the King of the Monsters and yeah. uh what what Ernest Klein referred to as Japan's greatest hero. Yeah, uh, that should have been in the movie. Not whatever the not the Iron Giant or whatever. Oh, the Iron Giant was in place of Leo Pardon. Excuse me. So one of the other characters had fucking Ultraman. But ult- that Ultraman scene should have been in the movie. Yeah, that would have been so much cooler. Nobody would have known what the fuck Ultraman was though. Not nobody, but although I will say, yeah. you know, like it. The problem is that like when it came to the Iron Giant, they didn't. Well, someone that was someone else's thought, but it was 100% right, is that they basically subverted the whole point of the movie The Iron Giant, which was that he didn't want to be a weapon. <laughs> right, you know? and he literally is in that movie. That's yeah. his whole point of existence. So this movie's very dark, very bleak. This is not fun. But immediately after this, the, sub, the subtext is lost. Godzilla raids again. It's just a reason for Godzilla to go fuck shit up. So how did they end up bringing Godzilla back? I'm curious because they they literally okay <laughs> okay well well we'll talk about that now. So him we're gonna movie. yeah spoiler alert at the end of the movie, Doctor Sirizawa uh, allows everybody to use this thing that he invented called the Oxygen Destroyer. Oh, interesting fact uh, for the listener: if you're a fan of the 2014 and subsequent Godzilla movies, Doctor Sirizawa is Ken Watanabe's character. Oh, is, is that his name? Yes. Okay, I was wondering if any of the names or any of the characters like carried over at all. So he created this thing called the Oxygen Destroyer. And he is not happy with himself for having created this thing. He's like, fuck, first the atom bomb, then the H-bomb. God damn it. I created this thing and it could potentially destroy all of humanity just like those other things did. So I'm going to go ahead and keep this shit to myself. But Omiko over here, I'm going to tell you because I think you're hot and I kind of want to fuck you, even though we've been like, you friend zoned me for our entire lives, basically. Her dad is, uh, I kept on calling him a biologist for a minute, but he's a zoologist and a conservationalist, which that's a big deal in Japan, actually. And he is not happy about the military being so gung ho about <laughs> no. killing Godzilla. He's but- like, he's like, it's a unique species. We need to study it. Even he's, though it's killing, it's, it's killing thousands and thousands of people, but let's study it. I'm like, guy, I understand, and, but and he, fuck off. He's part of the reason that I feel like they're exploring 
they're not just exploring the moral ramifications of continued atomic testing. They're also exploring the West's motivation in using nu nuclear weaponry at the end of World War II. Because I don't know if you knew this. I just found this out recently. Okay. And I should say I did not fact check this. So this might be wrong. Okay. But I saw in an Instagram post, and it might be true also, if, if a listener wants to fact check this, I'm, but I'm putting it out there that I did not fact check this. But allegedly, all of the Purple Heart medals that were made that have ever been given out were made in anticipation of the invasion of Tokyo or the invasion of Japan at the end of World War II. Because the Japanese were such fierce fighters that we expected lots and lots and lots and lots of casualties when, when we invaded, invaded Japan to try and end the war. And we've apparently since then, according, according to this thing, all the Purple Hearts that were given out for Korea, Vietnam, Desert Storm, Afghanistan, all of them were ones that we manufactured in anticipation of the invasion of Japan. And we still have like over 100,000 left in reserve. That's, that's how heavy we were expecting casualties to be in the invasion of Japan. But then we're just like... Fuck it. Let's just drop two gigantic bombs on these guys. That'll end it pretty quick. So I feel like that's <laughs> them exploring what the West's rationality behind using yeah. atomic weaponry to, to end the war was. You know, so like they're not dealing with light stuff in this movie. This is a heavy fucking movie. No. So either way, she definitely friend zoned him for their entire lives, even though she had a technical arranged engagement to this guy. Yeah, she didn't want nothing to do with that. She, she just wanted to be friends. She was just annoyed that he had an eye patch. She's like, but he looks like a pirate. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to make some kind of sex joke, but I couldn't think of anything. Anyways, he lost his eye in the war, by the way. Oh. It is suggested. Oh. Ogata says, oh, it sucks that he lost his eye in the war. Oh, I missed that. Well, yeah, clearly we're both missing shit because I didn't <laughs> fucking catch on to that arranged engagement thing at all. So this is fucked up. So she goes to hang out with him and not really hang out with him she goes with a reporter to his lab and the reporter's like so you got anything there's something about like german scientists and stuff and you're like working with these german scientists he's like hey whoa 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 i do not know any goddamn german scientists <laughs> distancing himself from that one fast then the reporter leaves and she's like oh i'm just gonna hang out with him where i'm gonna talk to him real quick and he's like all right cool i have to show you something and he takes her into his lab and it is this it is the universalist like Universal, oh, yeah. universal monster, mad scientist lab. Yeah, this is some Frankenstein shit for sure. And I loved it because yeah. this dude has an iPad. It's just checking all those cheesy sci-fi boxes. <laughs> but, but also at the time, none of this was really considered cheesy, and none of it was cliche yet. This guy's scary and weird. We're laughing at it now because yeah. it's seventy years later almost. But she takes him down there, or he takes her down there rather, and he is going to show her the oxygen yeah, we're destroyer. Nine years removed from this ah, 69 nice uh, <laughs> high five dicks come on <laughs> but he's gonna there's like there's a fish tank in the middle of this thing so the cloudiest grungiest looking fish tank you've ever seen well i have a theory about why and i'll tell you in a second so he he takes this little it's the liquefied remains of everything <laughs> yes he's tested in yes there. he takes this fucking thing and he's like i'm gonna show you this I've never showed anybody this i don't want to show anybody else this you got to keep your damn mouth shut about it he takes this little marble thing drops it in the fucking fish tank it starts bubbling and then it cuts away and omiko she like she screams i'm like what what's happening and she like buries her face in his shoulder and and he's got a boner because he's a psycho, but <laughs> <laughs> we don't see what happens until a little later they when do she it in a flashback. Yeah, yeah, when she relays what happened to Ogata, and I actually thought she went back and like did the exact same thing again because I, I like blinked <laughs> or something, and I'm like, wait, that's fucking weird. And then this you were morning, missing a lot of yeah, shit. <laughs> and then this morning, I'm like, oh, okay, no, that makes way more sense that it was just in a flashback. Yeah, the idea is that he's that that eventually. They convince him to use the oxygen destroyer to destroy Godzilla, except this time it's a really huge oxygen destroyer. They never bring up the fact that while killing Godzilla, it's going to completely fucking destroy their fishing for a lot of years. Well, he, he, he mentions, mentions that, that it, yeah. but never, never in response to the Godzilla thing. He's like, oh, if I, if I unleash this, it'll. He said, if I drop you know. this into Tokyo Bay, it would turn it into a graveyard. Yeah, but that's never like explored at all. Nobody ever mentions it whatsoever. <laughs> But it's true. They, they don't bring it up after the fact. No. Like, 
but we do see he he does go down there. He sacrifices himself, Bruce Willis style. I th- I really there's no real indication of how he got them to pull up Ogawa instead no. of him, it, but not him. Rather. And there's no like he cuts the rope and stuff with a knife that he has. Yeah, but there's no indication that he actually needs to be down there when the thing goes off. He's just no. He went down there to kill himself. Yeah, is what happened. He he basically says he could potentially be coerced into using this weapon again. Yeah, even if he burns as, all of his notes. Yeah, as long as the plans are in his yeah. mind, someone could force him to do it. But it took us forever to get here. But essentially, we see Godzilla disintegrate yes. in the water. We see it. We see his skeleton down at the bottom of the ocean. Okay, and then even his skeleton is dissolved. Godzilla's dead as shit. Godzilla's just dead. And the zoologist, he's like, oh, fuck, well, that sucks. Uh, You know what? If we keep on doing this nuclear weapon testing, even though he is the last of his species, there could be another Godzilla somewhere. Well, no, he says, I refuse to believe that he is the last of his species. He says that. And then he he says, (laughs) and if we keep doing this testing, it's inevitable that another Godzilla will arise. And there there you have it. I so took, that's where it comes It from. took me a second, and I'm like, wait, Godzilla's dead. How does he pop up? Have you, You've never seen Godzilla raids again? They find him in frozen in, like, a cliff. <laughs> okay, that's a little weird. Yeah. Sure, why not? And then that's the Godzilla that we follow until Terror of Mechagodzilla when the franchise, like, ends and then they reboot it in 1985 with Godzilla, Godzilla 1985. 85. Which is essentially the original Godzilla, but in the 80s. So with slightly better special effects. Yeah, which and is probably color. which is probably the one that I would prefer. I've never seen it, but I know that one would. I do, I like the way it looks. I've seen bits and pieces yeah, of I, it. They they updated the uh, the Godzilla outfit so that it looks way less derpy. I know that much. Yep, and he's not fighting other monsters. There's no aliens, no fucking around. It's just him v Tokyo. Yep, but then eventually the franchise slips back into, right. let's fight other monsters and aliens and all sorts of shit. By the way, the Godzilla franchise holds the record in the Guinness Book uh, for longest-running film franchise. Can you really call it a film franchise, though, if, it's, if, they, if they're rebooting it? Well, it's technically still part of the franchise. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, been... the fact that it's still running, I, I mean, when would... We, we've got another one coming, and it's been 69 years. Yeah. yeah. And there's that, another one in the pipes right now. It's not It's not going anywhere. There's been cartoons. There's been shitty remakes. That American remake from 1998. <laughs> Have you seen that shit? <laughs> yes. I was in the theater for that shit. So the funny part about that movie, it's if you think of it as a Godzilla movie, it just it ruins the whole thing. If you think of it as just a generic, dumb, this monster's running around New York kind of movie, it's fine for what it is. I like to think about it the way Joe Bob Briggs described it at the time. He said, in 1954, the original Godzilla was a metaphor about the nuclear bomb, the atomic bombs being dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, as well as nuclear testing. He says, isn't it interesting that Sony, a Japanese company, 45 years later, dropped this bomb on New York? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, and they sent it right back to us 45 years later. Toho hates that movie so much. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. That <laughs> I think it was Godzilla 2000, which essentially ended the franchise back then, too, in early 2000s for uh-huh. a while. So it went from Godzilla 1985 to Godzilla 2000, and then they did the reboot. <laughs> there was this thing where Godzilla was running around killing all these monsters in Godzilla 2000. Uh, Godzilla 2000, from what I gather, is fucking nuts. There's aliens and ninjas. There's shit happening all over the place. I have a copy of Godzilla 2000. I really want to watch it. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I, I have to. The Godzilla from that movie shows up. He's there. <laughs> so that actually happened in the Godzilla universe. But they're like... The Americans thought it was Godzilla, but it wasn't Godzilla. It was a little creature that we call Zilla. And you know what happens? He shows up and faces Godzilla, and he's like, what's up? And Godzilla just atomic breaths him to death. <laughs> just one shots him? Yeah. <laughs> I, this isn't the first time you've brought this up. And it's so funny as shit. I'm very I love excited it. to see that. That's actually, that was the reason that I bought Godzilla 2000 <laughs> when I saw it available on Blu-ray. Criterion needs to get their shit together, and we need the rest of these movies. Oh, I absolutely agree. Because yeah. it's just the Showa era. and Which we I think runs through... 75, what? Terror yeah. of Mechagodzilla. The, the 70s, yeah. yeah. The Heisei era begins in 1984, technically. It was released over here as Godzilla 1985. And that goes all the way to Godzilla vs. Desotroya. 
1995. Yeah, so it does stop in 75 and it took a nine-year break and comes back in 84. And then Godzilla 2000 starts the Millennium Era from 99 to 2004. And then the Reiwa Era, which is still happening, started with Shin Godzilla. Great movie, Shin Godzilla. I don't know if you've seen it. I have not. And then it, it includes, like, the anime movies. It, it it really goes back to the beginning, too. Like, it basically begins with this unknown creature arriving in Tokyo Bay and, ev- and like, rapidly evolving into Godzilla. He starts out as, like, an eel. Oh, really? That sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm down. Oh, my God. I really need to watch all this shit. Shin Godzilla is really cool. The only thing I'll say as a criticism of Shin Godzilla is that there's a lot, a lot, a lot of the um, the political stuff that's going on at the time. It's really impersonal for m- most of the first act. Like the majority, you don't really meet the main character until almost into the second act of the movie. So it feels it feels pretty impersonal in that way. But it's it's written by the guy who wrote Evangelion, and it's uh, it's a horror movie again. You know, like it it Godzilla is a monster. Godzilla is an is an insanely unstoppable destructive force and it does not end on an up note okay so toho apparently has their own like henshin hero you know common writer kind of show called zone fighter i have no idea what it is but i'm gonna find out because that sounds awesome this is the first time hearing of it godzilla just happens to be in it oh my god he looks just like ultraman this is one of those episodes where we're just gonna jump around and talk about a bunch of random shit because breaking down this movie is as simple as Godzilla shows up. They don't know how to deal with him. <laughs> yeah. 20, 20 ships get fucking get fucking wrecked in the ocean because they can't just cut their losses and be like, you know what? Maybe we should just stay out of there. Kind of like now. <laughs> kind of like kind of like 2023 where, where the ocean is fighting back. There's a bunch of orcas tipping over boats because <laughs> they hate us. <laughs> and, and millionaires won't be like, all right, you know what? Let's just stay out of the water for a while. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. And they do that in this movie, too. The first that one boat and and you it makes sense. Right. Sure, the first boat out there, like, yeah, they could have never seen it coming. And yeah. then and then they send a couple rescue yeah. ships. It's like, all right, cool. That makes sense. Then by the time it cuts 17 ships and then like they <laughs> they have a scene where where they're talking on a train and then it cuts to another newspaper article. 20 ships. Like, guys. <laughs> And then these people still have the audacity to have a fucking party on this yacht or whatever. And then luckily for them, Godzilla doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's going the other way. His head pops out of the water and everybody's like, oh, my God. And then all the guards on the ship are like, don't panic. And I'm like, uh. I think we got you. some pretty good reason to panic right now. And it's so stupid. People are so fucking dumb. Oh, my God. I didn't realize it did that jump to 20 ships, though. I missed that. It did. It did. Because I wrote, I wrote down, I'm like, oh, 17 ships are gone. And then I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Never mind. 20 ships. And yeah. So, so it's that. 20 ships disappear. Godzilla shows up for like five seconds, 20 minutes into the movie, and he doesn't do anything. He just kind of pops up. Everybody goes, oh, my God. And he like his head pokes up behind this mountain, and he's like, what's up? And then he disappears. Well, I mean, at first what happens, his first foray onto land is in that village, and they don't show him. It's it's at night during a storm, and everybody's swearing it wasn't just a storm. There was yeah, something the, out yeah, there. Something was alive. You yeah. couldn't really see it, but it was there. And they discover, like, his footprint, or what they think is a footprint, but they can't tell. And then, in daylight hours, Godzilla peeks his head over the mountain. And he really does just doesn't do much. He's just like, yo. Yeah, and then he just goes away, like... <laughs> He, w- he wasn't out hunting that day, apparently. He was just out for a stroll. And this Godzilla is a fucking asshole. Obviously, he got woken up or something, and he's crabby as shit. Yeah, he ain't fun-loving, and he ain't protecting anybody. No. He's, he's out to destroy some shit. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't, like, avoid people contact. Like, the Cloverfield monster, all that stuff that he destroyed was just because he's getting freaked out because people are shooting at him. He doesn't know where he is, so he's accidentally knocking down buildings and breaking bridges with his tail. No! Godzilla is actively swinging his tail and bumping into shit and tearing it all down and atomic breathing and vaporizing people and shit. Well, the implication is that is that the reason he came at like the villages and stuff like that is because he's attracted to the lights, which from a, you know, from a zoological standpoint makes a lot of sense. And, and it's the zoologist who says that 
who says don't use the lights on him because he he figured out that he must be attracted to the light and so like yeah from like from a zoological perspective that makes a lot of sense you know a lot of animals specifically animals that dwell in the deep parts of the ocean are attracted to light it's what they hunt by and so you know he come he comes for this city in the middle of the night but they've built this electrified fence wall yeah and that, set up, that helps set up a row of tanks and shit like that to stop him when he comes in and now he's pissed off and he goes on a fucking revenge spree through tokyo <laughs> that is genuinely like not it, it it's not so much now you know because we're like we're older and we're more cynical and we've got better special effects but i have to believe at the time that was a genuinely terrifying sequence no, and that's and that's exactly when you see oh it's a godzilla movie you think the movie's going to be 90 percent that and it's like 10% that and 90% people going like, fuck, we're what dead. We what are we going to do? And then there's people, I'm like, okay, okay, 70-year-old movie. Stop <laughs> making me feel shit. <laughs> like, during that, during his last little rampage. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. That's when, you know, he oh, unleashes the, scene, the atomic breath. That scene where the that, scene with the mother the and, mom and her, and her like, three, three kids. kids. Oh, they're fuck. huddled up together and she's like, that's okay. We'll be with daddy soon. I'm like, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. I thought we were having fun. This is we're dark. Not at all. We haven't been having fun this whole movie. No, this is an incredibly <laughs> dark movie. Then that little girl starts freaking out and crying when like her family member, she obviously knows this person is being carted away and that they're dead and shit. Yeah, it's like either her mom or her aunt or something like that. But she, <laughs> Yeah, that, like, damn, that guys. Kid's, I mean, I have to believe that that imagery was probably taken directly from World War II, you know, like right after, you know, the bombing of, Hiroshima and Nagasaki like that had to be what a lot of those places were going through and it's funny that we're doing this now with Oppenheimer being such a huge fucking deal right now <laughs> that's I just realized what I was it. thinking while I was watching I was like huh it's appropriate that we that we're watching this right now I've had this idea about sharks across Tokyo and doing Godzilla for the first episode for fucking ever yeah uh, I didn't even know Oppenheimer was a thing until a few months ago <laughs> uh so yeah that's pretty uh pretty appropriate you know what else i didn't realize so pearl harbor happened in 1941 right i thought that the bombings of hiroshima and nagasaki and stuff were like a literal direct retaliation to pearl harbor but they didn't happen for another four years i didn't realize that yeah no i mean that's sort of what you're at least that's what i gathered from my education in grade school you know and like it was like they bombed us we're gonna bomb them yeah yeah but it no there was there was a long there was there was a lot of war that happened between those two points and yeah and yeah like the uh the atomic bomb like not not to not to justify killing on that scale and especially the killing of civilians like that 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 is fucked up there's no question about it but japanese were doing some fucking horrifying shit during that war like truly horrifying and I, I think a lot of it was because of cultural differences. The way it was yeah. explained to me was the way the Japanese soldiers were indoctrinated. And, it, you know, it was an indoctrination thing was that to surrender made you less than human. Like it, it was the it was an ultimate disgrace in war is this is the way it was explained to me. I could be wrong on this. I'm just telling you what was explained to me was that they were indoctrinated with this idea that to surrender was the act of like ultimate cowardice. And so Japanese soldiers would never surrender. And U.S. and Allied soldiers who would surrender were viewed, because they surrendered, as being, like, less than human. And so they were tortured, like, really badly. The Nazis did some fucked up shit, but the Japanese did some fucked up shit, too. In fairness, so did we. Oh, yeah, absolutely. War is awful on all ends. Obviously, there's worse things than some other things, but oh, man. But basically, you know, like it leads back to that thing where like the view was like Hitler had already the Nazis had already given up. That was done. The Nazis were done, but the Japanese were not relenting. And it it was believed that it was going to have to come down to going into Japan and ending the war. And so in order to try and stop that from happening, what was believed would have been, you know, the most the most deadly form of war that the bombs were used to try and stop that from happening. But we just murdered a bunch of civilians. It's fine. Yeah. It's fucked up. (laughs) There is no question that that was some fucked up shit. And then, you know, we, everybody who was Asian presenting, we just locked in cages. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. That was, yeah. Dark days, man. There's no winners in war. Oh, God. Yeah. I was talking about it with Rachel when we were watching the movie. I really want to understand 
why Japan, specifically Japan, would uh, ally themselves with somebody as fucked up as Hitler and the Nazis and stuff. I know it's probably because they were just against us and they were probably like, yep, fuck those guys. Let's join these guys. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to me. I mean, Hitler Hitler said stuff like that the Japanese were the Ary in his opinion the Aryans of the Asian races, you know. Oh, okay. Well, God's fucked up. See, th- when a movie like this is not fun like it's supposed to be, <laughs> it brings up all this stuff I you don't want to st- talk about. <laughs> yeah, you have to start asking these these heavy fucking questions cuz it it really is a heavy movie at its core, even though it became such lightweight yeah. material. I'm going to go ahead and just watch the 2014 one again. There's no real, there's no real war allegories in that one. Just like, I don't know if I'd say that. Well, the, the <laughs> nuclear testing thing is still pretty heavy in there. It, it's, it, it's mainly an environmental yeah. allegory. So, which I'm all about that, that. That's good stuff. Especially after the week I've had watching blackfish and Oakja and free Willy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's it, for the listener. It's been dark days for Andrew. <laughs> he, Just a little bit. He he walked me through his his movie viewings of late, and uh, it's brought up some shit. Uh, I watched the gate, and the dog totally dies, and it's really fucked up. But at least he comes back to life at the end, so that's okay. Oh, does he? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, well, because originally I'm like, oh, the gate. That's baby's first horror movie material. So I'm like, I'm just watching it one day. I'm like, um, never mind. I mean, it is, <laughs> but it's it's still pretty dark. If it wasn't for the dog scene, I'd be like, let's watch it together. It was PG-13 at a time when PG-13 was a lot harder than it than it is now. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that <laughs> that movie's fucked up. And that it, would it, be R if it were related. Yeah, really it's even worse because the, the, the kid's friend is, like, holding this dead dog like it's his mother. Ugh. I didn't remember that at all. Jesus Christ. God, that movie's so much darker than you'd think. So fucking Godzilla. God damn it. What else can we say about Godzilla? Let's talk more about Godzilla. So you're, you're, you're kind of an old fuck. Do you remember when Hanna-Barbera released a Godzilla cartoon show? Yes. And instead of Son of Godzilla, they had Godzuki instead, you know? I don't remember that. I, I'm not, I didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't watch it? What the fuck's wrong with you? I was aware of it. I used to I watch that shit. It. You're talking about the one in the 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah, or, not, not the... Not the 1998. Not the, not the yeah, not the 2001 yeah. that was based on the yeah. No, yeah, I I remember that that existed, but I don't think I ever watched it. Cartoon Network was a really big thing back in the day, and they had a deal with Hanna Barbera, so all oh, they yeah. showed was Hanna Barbera shit for like the first yep. year of their existence. I remember that. Yeah, Cartoon Network took a while to evolve into the cool thing that it is nowadays. Speaking of all the bleak stuff, this movie is extra bleak. It's a good movie. It doesn't hold up like effects wise as well as. You know, you want it to. It's not a fun movie, guys. It's when you no. think Godzilla, this is not the movie you actually think of. You think of Godzilla fucking around with Mothra and King Ghidorah and shit. Yeah. This is the horror movie, and it's pretty effective. Godzilla is used very sparingly. I still feel bad for the dude in that fucking suit because that suit had to have weighed like two hundred fucking pounds. Oh, that first iteration. <laughs> God, the scenes of him coming up out of the water. I was like, that man almost drowned. Several times. That man just almost drowned. We're watching a man struggling for his life right now. Yeah, there's a couple. I don't know if it, in this movie you see him like catch fire a little bit, but he do, it, it gets out pretty quick. But there's I remember there's, there's one, one where he's smoking. Yeah, like crazy. There's one movie where it actually kept the suit actually catches fire really? and it's in the movie. I can't oh. remember which one. So I've actually um the angry video game nerd James Rolfe did. Uh, Are we ever going to stop bringing no. this guy up? Because. He introduced me to, like, a ton of these things. He used to do this thing called Monster Vision every year around Halloween where he just did a bunch of horror movie reviews. So one year it was a Godzilla-thon, and he talked about every okay. single Godzilla movie. That was This is prior to 2014. That's a lot of movies. Yeah, and it was a video a day. And it was prior to the 2014 one, so he didn't talk about that yet. But, yeah, so I, I, I learned all about the all these movies through that. You know more than I ha- I do because I like I'm, I'm one of those guys who consciously avoids things on movies that he intends to watch eventually and i do intend to watch every one of these movies so i have consciously not learned anything because i want to be surprised some yeah no so so that that is a weird thing like some things i'm like i don't really care if i'm surprised by this i have a pretty good handle on what the fuck's gonna happen but like if i if i had talked to me spoiled that would have sucked yeah speaking of which talk to me is pretty good um andrew just saw it i saw it at an early sneak preview thing several weeks ago where it was a mystery movie uh if you haven't seen it definitely recommend it even jeremy johns the youtube guy he called it awesome tacular 
And he doesn't do that a lot these days. Mm, I don't know if I'd go that far. It's 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 rock solid though. It it really is. Like it's 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 super. It's scary. It's exactly what you hope it's going to be when you go in. It's not groundbreaking at all, but it's just done really well. And then by the time this comes out, I will have seen the new Ninja Turtles movie, and I'm so fucking excited. I, I yeah, I gotta. I gotta admit, I'm I'm a little excited to see it. I'm only excited because it's a new Ninja Turtles movie and Michael Bay's dirty, grubby fucking hands aren't all over it. <laughs> I'm excited because I think Seth Rogen is a big enough nerd to... I'm hoping, I'm hoping he understands the limitations of his own abilities in terms of producing this thing and isn't getting so heavy-handed that he forces the creatives involved to take it in directions that it shouldn't go in. So, like, he loves the property, obviously... So I'm hoping I'm hoping his the combination of his love and his nerdiness come together to allow the creative forces behind this to do the right thing with it and make it a really good movie. That's my hope. Can you tell that there's not a lot of like stuff to really, really go on and on about in this movie specifically? Yeah, I mean, you basically know everything <laughs> there is to know at this point. We could break down scene by scene, but that would be as tedious as watching some of this movie because some of it is a little tedious. It's a admittedly. lot. There's some scenes where you, where it's like, okay, we could maybe have cut this a little shorter. Shit happens. Godzilla comes. We murder him and potentially the entire food source for the entire country for like a while. There's lots of stuff in this movie that is still relevant today. Like all this bad shit is happening and a bunch of the official people are like, uh, can we just not tell people about this because I don't want it to affect our trade and all of our economy and all that stuff. And then you have one woman going like, get the fuck out of here. You fucking remember that scene where they're in that like courtroom (laughs) and he's this dude's like, we can't do this. And she's like, fuck off. And we have to tell people this. And a, nobody, nobody yeah. gives her any shit. She's a badass. In the fifties, as a woman. Yeah, she was. She was pretty awesome. Oh, one thing I will say about this, because um, my son, as I've mentioned before, my son is a physician. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a physicist, and he's he's worked with a lot of scientists. And one of his major criticisms of scientists is that scientists will pursue morally dubious research simply because it's interesting to them with very little concern for what the broader implications of it are. Kind of like the zoologist who his uh, his heart's in the right place, I, I'm assuming. Well, maybe not. Is it the interest of science? I don't fucking... I, you know what? He seems sympathetic, but I think he's just an asshole. Never mind. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it it's interesting to watch this where this you have this researcher who developed this really, really dangerous weapon, but also has the moral fortitude to be like, I can't ever let people find out about this because it could potentially destroy the world, you know? And, uh, and then, and then take that into consideration along with what my son said is a really, really frustrating thing in, in his scientific dealings, which is there are certain companies my son will not even consider working for Lockheed Martin would be an example. You know, he, like he doesn't want anything to do with them because they're all about, weapons research and making the world a worse place you know yeah fuck that noise and he has friends who will go off and do that research and he'll talk and he'll talk to him and be like how can you do that you know and they're like well it's interesting work and he's like yeah but you're you're doing research to basically look into how better and more efficiently kill as many people as possible and they're like yeah i don't really care it's interesting no thank you i'm i'm good without any of that and that that pisses my son right off. That's the that's the thing where like you know you know like how I said like I'm a little worried about him in some areas. <laughs> that's the thing that gives me hope is that he still he still has that moral compass. He's a fucking human. Yeah. He's not a goddamn monster. Yeah, to, yeah. To be like, um, there are lines I don't want to cross. You know, so that's good. That's so good you can thing. see him with an eye patch in a fucking weird mad scientist lab, potentially creating yeah. stuff that could potentially destroy <laughs> humanity. <the> oxygen destroyer. <laughs> But not ever telling anybody about it. Uh, except for his fucking girlfriend. Or the chick that he wants to bone, even though she's not even remotely interested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see him having a crush on someone who has no romantic interest in him at all. Uh, we've all been there. How you handle it is the most important part. Don't be creepy. That's the hope, yeah. He's, Don't. Pre- he's pretty good about that kind of stuff now. 
He didn't used to be, but he is now. <laughs> Do we have any more things to say about Godzilla? This movie's very simple. It's kind of slow. It's a very slow burn. It has some really cool destruction scenes. Oh, I want to mention, I love the miniatures because they look so dumb in HD. It's funny as shit. <laughs> that, I, that, that's something I was going to say is the scene that suffered the worst has to be when the planes attack. I was going to say the planes. The planes. Those look so fucking bad. It, I mean, it Could lo- you see the strings oh, on yours? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it looks like they came right off the shelf, some of them. You know, like uh, right off yeah. a toy store shelf. They're so obviously tin miniature toys, you know? That is the cheese that I want, but... <laughs> That cheese doesn't take away from how fucking sad you get watching the rest of this damn movie. The the miniatures in the Tokyo destruction scene are amazing. The work that went into those is genuinely impressive. What about they, the fire truck and the little toy guys on it? <laughs> okay, the fire truck was ridiculous. Uh, that's but, awesome. But, you know, the um the buildings and stuff mm-hmm. are are really impressive. They built like this entire section of Tokyo and it it's huge. Like, it's really big, like, because they have the Godzilla guy, and you know that guy wasn't taller than, like, 5'5". Five, five, yeah, yeah, nope. You know, and they have this guy tromping through this thing, and it is huge, and it's intricate. It looks great. It's just a great-looking set. Yeah, and then, of course, you know, whenever it cuts to vehicles or, or little toy people, you're like, okay, illusion broken. But it's fun. It is. That part's fun. Yeah, the, the the Tokyo destruction scene is legendary for a reason, and that's the kind of shit that I'll 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 take because you know it wasn't the biggest budget in the world. Yeah, I'm sure it was a sci-fi movie in the 50s in Japan of all places, who was very very entrenched in like Kurosawa and samurai and drama and sure. shit. And I'm sure there was some sci-fi going on. There had to have been, right? Had to be. I mean, uh, uh, Gamera came out around that time. 60s, I think. Oh, Gamera wasn't till the 60s. Fuck. It was after Godzilla for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much ground this was actually breaking. I mean, obviously it was breaking a lot of ground, but... Yeah, 1965, Gamera came out. Wow. Jeez. That explains why it's so fucking cheesy with that kid. Jesus. <laughs> that fucking kid. In this, in that first one, especially. I, I can't speak to the other ones, but that one? Oh, my God. I wanted to strangle that little fucker. Well, yeah, that is... Um, who made this? Da-da-da-da-da. Gamera, the giant monster, the character. Intent, it was intended to compete with Godzilla because, you know, Godzilla was a little darker, a little more adult. So they were like, let's make one for the kids. Yeah. And, Friend and it, to children everywhere. Until the 90s when it got all dark and <laughs> fucked up just like Godzilla did. <laughs> Which I fucking love. Uh, I'm glad I have that Gamera set, too, because I want to go through all that. I haven't I haven't dug into that all the way, and I, I really need to. Did you just watch the first one and go yeah. like, oh, fuck? Well, yeah. I, there's so much good about it in... And it really is a good movie. It's just that that kid was so goddamn annoying. He's so over the top. Although I have heard, maybe it was you who told me, like, that the first one is the worst one. I have not, but I imagine it pr- probably is, like, the most child-centric, the most... Yeah, it's, just, it's yeah. just this one kid specifically, you know? Like, it's there were other kids in the movie, but this one, that like, the main kid is just fucking aggravating. We'll definitely have to tackle some Gamera at some point during our Sharks Across Tokyo journey. Now, I'm still not sure if we're going to do two more episodes this month or just one, because I don't know how fucking tired of everything I'm going to be. There's at least one more, at the very least. So, let's do our final thoughts on this movie, Gojira, 1954. What do you think? I'm giving this I'm giving this four out of five stars. Um, you know, obviously the technology holds it back a little bit. It, it's a, it's a product of its time, but if you watch it in that mindset, it's it's pretty fucking awesome. And it it paved the way for and introduced the world to arguably the greatest monster who's ever existed in cinema. You know, I mean, you can you could bring up other monsters and you could argue that other monsters are better or more interesting. The but giant always, claw. You're always going to have to have that argument about Godzilla. That I would have to agree with. The movie itself doesn't hold up as well as you want it to, but it's a product of its time. It's probably a low-budget indie production at the time. This one's not going to be your kid's favorite. Your kids are going to fucking hate this. Don't watch this one with your kids. 
They will complain the entire time. This, yeah, this is this is one to watch when you're a little bit older, when you can grasp more the more mature themes of what's going on. And I don't say that, you know, like nowadays, mature themes is taken on a completely different meaning. I just mean, you know, like these are the they're dealing with ideas that are things that adults struggle with living in the real world as it is. Go watch Godzilla Final Wars with your kids. They'll love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they have ADD, some shit going on. I mean, on. fucking watch King Kong versus Godzilla. That was a great one. I watched that with my son when he was like seven years old. He loved it. Perfect. And you can even watch it dubbed, and it's all funny and weird. Yep. Yeah. So, again, this one's not for kids. Godzilla Raids, again, is getting a little closer because he does fight another monster in there okay. for like five minutes. <laughs> and then and then the other monster dies, and then he's just off to destroy not Tokyo again. <laughs> I think that does it for Gojira because I'm out of shit to say about it. It, it is a good movie. It's a classic for a reason. I couldn't find a whole lot of negative reviews about it. So th- aside from people going like, the fuck is this classic? <laughs> just just that same person who, who can't fathom that other times existed. Yeah, and, right. And, and movies were being made. It, it, it gets a recommend, though, if you're into this kind of stuff, especially to see where Godzilla started. But yeah, that's it. Absolutely. I'm done. I'm done. I quit. This is the inaugural episode of Sharks Across Tokyo next time. We're going to be doing our first anime, and it's oh, probably yes. it's probably the first anime film that I will I will sit and watch from front to back, ever. Really? I think I might have watched Street Fighter Two the movie back in the day, but I can't remember if I actually did sit down and watch it from front to back. No Miyazaki. Nope. Wow. Nothing. Okay. Well, I'm I feel a little bit sorry for you. This like no Ninja Scroll. Uh, my I've laid eyes on it. My sister brought home a bunch of these when I was a kid. Vampire Hunter D? Nope. Oh, wow. My sister wouldn't let me watch Ninja Scroll with her. That's fair. She's There's like, you, lo- you can't watch this. It's pretty rapey. She just didn't want me to hang out with her and her friends. I do have Ninja Scroll over there, so that might be the next year's anime. It's it's one of those ones where like it's, it's so much more shocking and adult than it needs to be. Okay. Like, it's a be- really good movie. It doesn't need to... It doesn't need all that <laughs> sexual violence, but... It has it, so, you know, it's like, I don't know, whatever. You gotta deal with it. I figure, because of our tastes combined, at least, Akira would be the perfect place to start my anime journey, right? This this will be my first (laughs) viewing of Akira. I've never seen it before, so... I've seen clips. I'm very curious. And it looks fucking weird. Should we watch the dubbed version or the original language version? That's the question. We'll figure that out. You'll be surprised with us, everybody. So yeah, next week will be Akira. So yeah, social media, follow us on everything at the Shark Pod. You can come listen to us talk about Friday the 13th and some Asylum movies and some Shaw Scope movies, or Shaw Brothers movies, rather, at patreon.com slash Hollywood, where we have at least 48 hours of material on there. Give us a dollar or a thousand. It doesn't fucking matter. Just throw us your money and you can hear all that extra shit. And it'll be fun for you. I know it will because you're losers and you don't have anything better to do. (laughs) And that's just a taste of the insults you'll get over on our Patreon. Well, yeah, we'll be back next week with Akira. Until then, stay jawsome.